What's up, Drop Pod listeners? As always, you can listen to the Drop Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Pods. We're now on Amazon Music, Audible, and Pandora as well. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can also find all of our content on YouTube at The Drop Golf Podcast and on our socials. That's Instagram and Twitter at The Drop underscore pod. No matter how you consume us, like, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff, follow and listen along. This is The Drop Podcast where we talk golfing in the Garden State. I'm Mike Poro and this is Ryan Kulat. What's going on, everyone? Hope you had a great week. We're back at it here, coming at you on Wednesday. I backed myself into a corner. Wednesday, August 9th. We got a great episode for you. Uh, we had Rock Springs last week, where we talked about our review uh, of the course and then sent you to our interview with Milan Dobedel. Uh This week, you got Mike and I. We're gonna, we got some topics we're going to cover. We're going to chat it up. Um, and then we got an interview with Brent Palladino in this episode. For those that don't know who Brent is, he is the Senior Director of USGA Championships, which is fancy lingo for he runs the USGA Championships. Uh, but more importantly for us, he's the 2023 New Jersey State Open Champion. Uh, Brent's able to play in the New Jersey events because the USGA is actually located here in New Jersey. So that's why he's able to compete in all the NJPGA events. So we were able to sit down with Brent, talk about his win at the, at the Open. Um, he, he won over, he beat out Nick Bova. Uh, we had Nick on back on episode 10. So if you didn't listen to that, or you're interested to hear what Nick has to say, go back Check out episode 10, but make sure you stick around, listen to our interview with Brett, and hear his, uh, hear his side of the story on the 2023 State Open. So, Mike, we've been talking about the polos. They're in stock. It is now, can you call August 9th, middle of August? Maybe not. Maybe not, not quite yet, yet. But, we're, but we're starting to get there. Go get the polos. They're in stock. Uh, they, they look good. They feel good. They're, they're a great polo. They really are. Uh, size up if you're if you're bigger like me. Uh, if you have if you have a perfect body like Mike does, you can get the regular size. Wow, that was really kind. I'm I'm a kind person, Mike. I don't know what to say. Clearly, clearly, you haven't seen the dad bod. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I see you golfing or on Zoom. So, it's let's it, keep it that way. <laughs> 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 uh, so head on over to flukeapparelco.com. Go check out the polos. Uh, they are excellent. Uh, another little bit of housekeeping we got here. Uh, we want to shout out uh, congratulations to Ami John Kondani. Ami won the second NJ Women's Amateur at Springdale Golf Club. Uh, we had Ami We had Ami on on episode thirty-four. That's a tongue twister there. Uh, she plays or played out of Yale. She's now down at Auburn University or will be out of Auburn University this fall. Um, uh, uh, really, uh, she is a, a bright young woman. She's got an exquisite future ahead of her, whether it's in golf or in the working world. So really great interview with her, great sit down with her that, that we had with her. So... Go check that out. That's episode 34. All right, Mike, 
I want to talk a little bit about, uh, it's a little outside New Jersey. It has New Jersey adjacent to it, I guess, uh, or connection adjacent to it. But I want to talk about the Corn Ferry Tour. We got a couple guys from New Jersey that are currently playing on the Corn Ferry Tour. Two of them, I would say, are our guys. We've had two guys on, Ryan McCormick and Chris Goderup. Uh, and then someone who we've connected with but haven't, haven't you know, been able to work out for scheduling purposes is Max Grazerman. Max is currently 22nd on the points list of the Corn Ferry Tour. Ryan is 23rd, right behind him. They're literally one, one and a half points uh, away from each other. And then Chris is... 37th. What does this mean to those that don't know? On the Corn Ferry Tour, if you finish in the top 30 at the end of the year, you get your PGA Tour card. So at this point, Ryan and Max currently, if they stay within that top 30, are going to be playing on the PGA Tour next year. Chris is outside looking in, but he seems to be making a little bit of a charge. He's playing better. Uh, he, uh, I think he was in the forties last time. Now he's in the thirties. So he's, he's trying to make a, a push here and he's got a good opportunity coming up. We have, uh, five more corn Ferry tour events before the end of the season. Uh, there's three in August, two in September. And then the first week of August, they have their, their championship. Um, and Mike, I'm not exactly sure how the Corn Ferry Tour Championship works. Is that just like an elevated event kind of thing? Or does the winner automatically get in? I'm, I'm not exactly sure. We'll have to do a little bit more research on that. But regardless, uh, we got some guys there that, that we are going to be keeping an eye on. Because as we've said, we've had Chris on. Uh, we've had Ryan on. We've, we've talked to Max couple Jersey guys that are fighting to get onto the PGA Tours is really exciting stuff. So if you're not following along, um, it, it's, you know, their, their future, their dreams are, are unfolding in front of us. And we're hoping to, that, that their dreams come true and that they're not, you know, either going to Q School or back on the Corn Ferry Tour next year. But we've got a couple, couple events left this year, but the point system is really shaping shaping itself out nicely now it it, it kind of takes form you know you look at it like three weeks in and it's like okay they got you know someone's 130th and that really doesn't matter you know three weeks in four weeks in but now that we got we got five events left we're starting to starting to kind of see it a little bit more yeah i mean those guys those guys and i and i think that just continues the theme of a lot of things that we spoke about is how good these guys are and and it's just crazy when you go from one level to the next and even when your handicap drops from double digits to single digits to the scratch to then you're like you're teetering on this line of being a pet a competitive golfer it's no different for these guys they're they're right on the cusp if not a lot of them have either tasted it or like have gotten a sample of what the PGA tour is like and, and for guys, you know, here in New Jersey, like it's, you know, fingers crossed that they're able to, you know, piece this last few weeks together so that they get through because, man, oh, man, that would be really cool to watch Ryan, Max, Chris, all on the PGA Tour knowing that, like, they're, they're Garden State guys and, you know, 
if they have success, you know, indirectly, like we're rooting for them. You got a huge crowd of people here. Like, you know, I just hope that these next three weeks or next four or five weeks, whatever you ended up saying it was like, that just goes in the right way for them. Yeah, no doubt. And I do want to point this out because Mike, we've talked about how, how hard golf is here and the difference between you and I, let's say, you know, someone who's a low single digit handicap two, three, whatever you are now, to someone who's, you know, I would put myself in that like mid handicap, uh, 11, 12 is kind of where I, where I fall. There's a, there's a large difference between you and I, and then even from you to like that super competitive golfer is another large step, right? These guys are all professional golfers on the Corn Ferry Tour. The winner of last week's tournament was 24 under par. He went 66, 65, 63, 66. The the guy who came in second place shot a 62 and didn't win the tournament. Like these guys are incredible incredible golfers. It's it's amazing how how good they are. How they just you're talking about splitting hairs here, and, and they're just, they're so, so good, and it's so, so tight that it's, it brings up the intensity that much more. It's really amazing to, to watch, and, and as I said, to watch it unfold, like, would, would you be upset if you shot 68, 67, 63, 68 in a, in a four, in, you know, four day, four rounds? No, but no offense, some of these guys are when they know that they made a bogey on a hole that they shouldn't and it's legitimately life or death and they're and they're living on the edge of their heels because no offense, every shot matters. Well, and when you're trying to get inside that top thirty, man, whoo boy. That's what I mean. Like it's it's literally it's literally life or death. Like Ryan had a great week, shot eighteen under, and lost by six. He shot a sixty three. And lost by six. It's it's that's crazy. So you, like you said, you're talking about you're saying bogey. Sometimes even par. They might have parred the hole, which you you know we talk about not hurting you at all. Like play for par. It, you you never you're never going to be hurt by par. These guys are because they're so so good that that you might par a hole, and that's keeping you from your dream which is the craziest thing ever, that you've had this lifelong dream. These guys have been playing golf for years and years and years. They've spent hours and hours and hours on the range. And to par a hole rather than birdie it is going to keep them from it is, again, we're just talking about the, the, the most minuscule line here that everything matters for every shot. I, I can't imagine that pressure. It's almost... It's it's almost like the pressure is even more so than on the PGA Tour in that regard, you know. Uh, it just it's crazy to me. Yeah, I think. Well, I, honestly, I think it is. I think it is because I think the ultimate goal is to get to the PGA Tour, and when you're, you know, we all know when you're pressing a little bit, sometimes, you know, it's not always the best thing to do, and you're kind of forcing your hand. And it's like, all right, if I can just get to the PGA Tour, the purses are better, the sponsors are better, the, you know, the travels better. There's just so much better things that are offered at the PGA Tour so yeah they're doing everything they can and listen I just hope those three guys finish in the top 30 and it's like let's let's go
Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So good luck to those guys uh, in the upcoming weeks. And they're coming to New Jersey. And they're coming to New Jersey. And I was just going to say, they got. Uh, they are in Iowa this week. Uh, I'm sorry, they're in Nebraska this week, in Omaha. And then they come to New Jersey uh, August 17th to the 20th to Matitaconk um, for an event. So Just played Matitaconk last week. How was it? Listen. We want to talk about it. I, I'm dying to see what those guys go out and shoot at that place because I think that – I always say one thing about Matitacon. You're not going to find a better practice facility in the state than that place. That place, if you want to practice the game of golf and you want to get better at your game, like that is the spot to go. No questions asked. If okay? you are a professional you know golfer, somebody, is that where you want to go to practice? 100%. In our area, no doubt. What, what, no doubt. So someone, so someone like – like maybe former U.S. Open champions might want to practice there? Yeah. Yeah. Can you blame them? If, I mean, that <laughs> facility is second to none. You got everything there. You got everything you need there in terms of a practice facility. And then I always say about the golf course, listen, you got three beautiful nines. If you don't bring your A game there, you are going to get eaten up because that golf course is hard. It's fun, but it's hard, and you've got to bring your A game. Um and I, and I can't wait to see how those guys go out there and play it, attack it, their numbers they put up, um, because it's a challenge. It's a challenge. What would you shoot there, Mike? Shot 78. Nice. Yeah, blue tees, blue tees, and it was on the founder's course. It wasn't on – they have obviously three nines. Right. So the founder's course is the, the original 18, the front and the, the first nine and the second nine. Um, so – each nine has like each eighteen has a different name. It's the you know the founders, I believe it's the pines, and then the tournament nine. Um, I don't know for the for the corn fairy event like which nine they're using. I don't know if they're you know using some holes from this hole. You know I don't really know how that is all going down. So that's another thing I'd be curious to see. You know what what nines they use or if they even intersect some other holes like three from the front, four from the back. Right. You know. Because so, some of them you know. come pretty close, where you can kind of go through. I was—that's yeah, what I was going to ask you. I wonder if you knew, um, like, what you shot, and if it was the same course that they're playing, uh, or the same nines that they that they plan on playing. No, I, I, there's no doubt. I did not even sniff the tips in terms of playing the back tees um, with the three guys that I played with. Um, we just played the blues, and I think the blues. It was like sixty-six. 67. Gotcha. You know, it was in that perfect range. Okay. But I think if you wanted to tip it out, I mean, I think it was like 74. I, I, I just looked 74. 70. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. So 78 would have been 87. Yeah. That's <laughs> Robert Trent Jones design. I mean, it's a, it's a great, it's a great layout. Ah, it's, it's beautiful. I, I wonder if it was, I wonder if it was a pro, like, I wonder how often, not saying the Corn Ferry Tour is not like a professional tour, but, you know, like the PGA Tour, when they go to Ridgewood, they play a couple of these holes, a couple of these holes from, like, their different nines. I wonder if because it's the Corn Ferry Tour, they're just going to say, we're going to play this nine and this nine, and not, like, cross well, over no, and, and, like... You could play the, the tournament the tournament course at, Pine, at, at Matitaconk is can hold its own. Right. That's what I'm saying. I wonder if because it's the... 
again, I don't want to like undersell. It's still a professional tour, but it's not the PGA tour. So rather than like rerouting people, putting signs up, all that kind of stuff, if they just say, you know what, let's just play these these two nines, this tournament, you know, our our tournament course. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, rather than you know rerouting people to different holes and hey, we're gonna play the first and second on the first nine, and then we're gonna jump over to the third and fourth and fifth on the second nine. We'll meet back up, play the six on the on. You know what I mean? Like, rather than just kind of run around, I, I would think that they. Yeah, I think they'll just pick two of the three nines, and that's what, that's where they'll play all week. You know, but listen, I be I I can't wait. I mean, I know that event I believe starts August seventeenth, and I you know I'll be, you know again checking my phone, consistently trying to see what these scores are. Yeah, I, I'm definitely interested as well to see what. Uh what their what their numbers are and as we've seen you know 24 under won last week if you look at all the past winners this year they're all pretty much 20 plus under on the corn ferry tour so um so something to keep an eye on and and both you and i know how tough matita con can be and i think knowing the course is a big advantage there hopefully our jersey guys have All County Exteriors is a third-generation, premier exterior home remodeling company celebrating over 40 years in business in a remodeling world where the average remodeling company only survives in business for only five years. All County Exteriors has stood the test of time, providing their customers with top-quality roofing, siding, windows, and doors. They service homeowners and builders with anything from small repairs to large additions. All County Exteriors is not just limited to construction. They have a deep passion for giving back to the community and are charitable supporters of the Make-A-Wish Foundation, the American Cancer Society, Rooster Troops, and parents of autistic children. If you have planned to do any exterior modeling, call the experts at Old County Exteriors for a free, no-obligation estimate for your project. Just call 732-370-2780 or email them at info at allcountyonline.com. That's 732-370-2780. For all county exteriors, for all your remodeling needs. Okay, Mike, so I got a question for you. I saw this on a scorecard online, and I wanted to ask you your thoughts on it. It was a golf course that did not have a driving range. But the first hole that you went to was the 19th hole. And you played a par three, and it literally said at the top of the scorecard, 19, the next hole was hole one, hole two, hole three, and then you played out. So they didn't have a driving range, uh, you know, I guess not enough room, but they had enough room to fit in. It was something like a hundred and, I think it said 160 yard par three or something like that. It wasn't a terribly long par three or daunting or anything like that, but a, a hole that was, hey, you can get a you can get a tee shot in. If you don't hit the green, you can get a chip or two in, and you can putt once or twice, and then move on to playing. What are your thoughts on on having this warm up hole, so to speak, uh, for a course that doesn't have a range? Too gimmicky for me. I don't know. I, I, I guess the traditionalist in me just does not like that idea. Um, but I guess for some people, I, it, it can 
it makes sense. I don't know. I guess I, I guess my initial instinct is I'm a hard enough. Like I'm a hard enough. Like I get to the golf course, I'll roll a few putts if that's available five time. I'm I'm not necessarily like a uh, a warm up guy. Like I don't need to pound any golf balls as it is. So it's like, let's go to the first tee and let's pray the first shot is smooth, and it's not OB or in the water, and and we're off. So. I was with you to start, and I was like, I think that it's, it's kind of, eh, like, whatever. Like, there was part of me that was like, okay, well, take away that and put a 150-yard driving range there. So, like, uh, part of me gets that. Like, that was my initial instinct. But I, I kind of think it's unique now. I kind of don't, I kind of don't mind it, and I kind of don't. You know, it's a short par three, hit a shot, get that first one. Like you just said, you know, roll a few putts, drop the first ball and hit it and hope it gets in the air and doesn't go in the water. Like this is eliminating that. You've had a swing, you know, hopefully you've had three swings, but maybe you've had four or five or six swings to, to get loose, so to speak, or at least have the club hit the golf ball before you go tee it up. I don't. I don't mind this. I think it's. I think it's really interesting, unique. Um, would I love it if every golf course in the world got this? No, I wouldn't like that. But I, I do think that it's kind of cool, and and a course that that doesn't have uh, a ton of room. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind them throwing this in there. I'm trying to think of one that like. You look at a course like Shark River. Shark River doesn't have a driving range. And that first hole, I always say, those, those first three holes at Shark are a difficult difficult run of a stretch of holes there because there's no warm-up. And if they were to put a little par three somewhere so you can at least swing and have the club hit the ball a couple times before, I think it makes... I think it would make a world of difference there, but again, I, I you know, I, I wouldn't want every course to have it. I guess is what I'm saying. So uh, yeah, I've I've kind of softened on my original hardening point of like, no, we're not doing this. This is gimmicky. This is this is bush league, but I've 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 definitely softened a little bit on it. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I guess it's just so different. It is. It's so different. A, a warm-up hole? Yeah. Like, I, I, I know. It's just... But I guess the argument could be made is like, then what the hell is the difference when I go warm up at the driving range and I'm hitting the same shots or emulating the same holes that I'm about to go play? Because if you think about the guys on tour, before they leave the range, it's like, all right, when we go to that first tee and all I'm hitting is a cut three without the tee, that's like the things they're practicing as their last few shots before they walk those 50 steps to the first tee because... That's the exact shot they want to hit. So it, in that sense, is really no different. So I get that. And, and I think, again, instead of making like a small driving range where you can't hit, you know, so I, I pulled up the picture from the black tees that I saw. Uh, again, on this one, and as I Googled it, it seems like there are more of these. So the one that I saw was a par three. Again, Googled and saw that there was one that had a par four. This is 159 from the black tees. So rather than have a driving range that probably doesn't, that can probably only fit maybe, 
six people across as it would be anyway and only tip out at 160 yards. Maybe they got room behind it, so I'll, I'll call it 175 yards. Rather than have something that's super small like that, that's also, you know, you got to maintain it. You got to, uh, you got to pick the range. You got to do all that kind of stuff. Having a hole, kind of interesting to me. Yeah, it's definitely, listen, it's a, it's a different take on so many different things in so many different ways. Um, but I guess my gut is saying no right off the bat. But again, I think it's like a lot of things. I think until you experience it, it may change your mind. Yeah. So where is this place? Uh, again, so the what I saw online was a picture of a scorecard on a golf cart, like it was on the on the steering wheel of the golf cart, and it has the you know, the scorecard attached to it, and just says nineteenth hole. I'm showing Mike right now. I don't know if you can see it, Mike. It just has mm-hmm. it. You know, it's just it's just an extra golf hole. Again, I found it kind of interesting, and, and I, was, I was hardened at first. And thinking about it more, again, I wouldn't want every course in the world to have it or every course in America or, or whatever, but an interesting concept for sure. And I think it'd be pretty cool to play. All right. I got some big news. I am taking... How big? It's, it's pretty big. I'm taking a... Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Tread lightly here. <laughs> Tread lightly here. I'm taking a golf trip to Ireland. Uh, Hello, Daddy. <laughs> uh, it's been in the works for a little while. You know, one of my one of my best friends lives over in Dublin. I've been wanting to go see him for a while. So, um, so we're doing a, a basically a, a golf trip. Um, I'm flying into Dublin, flying out of Dublin. We're playing seven different golf courses. We're not playing the the like quote-unquote touristy golf courses. We're not playing, uh, I think it's Truly or Old Head or any of those. And like, I think those are the southwestern part of the island. We're going to the northwestern part of Ireland. Not northern Ireland, but we're going to the northwestern part of Ireland. And as it's coming closer and closer, I'm, I'm getting more and more excited about it and thinking about what I need to pack and... Uh, all this kind of thing. So I'm interested to hear what are some golf trip essentials that I need to either bring or have. Um, Mike, I want to hear your thoughts. Audience, I want to hear, like, DM me with some ideas, whether they're games to play there, things to do. You know, this is my first time, but I'd say about half the guys that I'm going on the trip with have already done this trip over so i'm really excited about it so uh i thought one that was interesting so we had a we had like a a little powwow about you know some some things and the an extra pair of golf shoes was something that i would not have thought of until someone mentioned it so two golf two pairs of golf shoes i'm bringing over what else you got? You got any thoughts, Mike? You got any? I'm, I'm interested to hear. Have you ever been on like a quote unquote golf trip like this? I mean, not overseas. I mean, we I've gone down to Pinehurst and done things like that. Down, gone down to Florida and done things like that. But in terms of like crossing the pond, like no, I've never never done that. Yeah. And in terms of like what to bring, I mean, I I 
couldn't even tell you where to start yeah. except clothes, <laughs> socks. Yeah. I would bring an umbrella because who knows what the weather's probably like over there. Yeah, I got. I'd um, probably have a, I'd probably have a set of rain gloves, um, because that would be something that would infuriate me if I my regular glove got soaked. So that's funny you say that because. Um, uh, rain gloves is on my to-do list literally for today to buy them. I have like, I want to get some more golf balls. Uh, Cause I'm, well, that's an understatement. That's an understatement. <laughs> um, but I don't want to buy too many. I don't want to buy like three dozen golf balls and bring them over. And now my golf bag weighs 75 pounds and I can't, I can't travel with it. Are you, are you walking or riding? Uh, we have, we're walking. So we have we have caddies that take like uh, or or push carts, so for almost all of it. So, but yeah, this is my first like golf trip too. I've taken trips where I've gone and played golf, like I've gone and visited somebody and played golf a few times, but never like a a true golf trip destination kind of thing like this. Um, yeah, you're gonna umbrella I mean, is a good be... one. I had I had umbrella rain gloves is something I had in mind. Um, what about like a, what about like a, I know you're a hat guy, but what about like those bucket hats, those little like Pat Wilson like bucket hats? So I've actually thought about, and you know, like kind of my, my long sleeve shirt, like like I'm, I'm trying to cover up as much skin as possible. I, I had a little bout with skin cancer a few years ago, so I'm just trying to be careful uh, at some of the point, but I will also say in the super hot days, the long sleeve keeps you cooler. Um, but I have thought bucket hat. The only thing that I also think is that, like, Northern Ireland and, and where we're going, I looked at the temperature yesterday. It was 61 degrees yesterday <laughs> at the first golf course that we're playing at. So, like, I don't necessarily know. If, pants. But, right. So, like, pants and, and shorts are going to be essential. Um, I, it's almost like I got to dress. I got to dress for, like, 10-month golf weather. Pants, quarter zips. Shorts, polos, like I, I got to bring the gamut there, and uh, and and anyway, back to your point of like hats, I got a few hats that I'm going to be bringing over, but bucket hat was one that I thought about, thought about investing in. Uh, I think I I think it would be good for me to have. I just don't know if I can pull off a bucket hat. Like Pat rocks the can shit make, out of it. Can I make his. one? Can I make one comment? Yeah. Like you're fucking playing golf. Who are you trying to impress? Well, you 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 feel good. You look good. You feel good. You feel good. You play good. We wish it was that easy. <laughs> you you feel a lot better about yourself shooting ninety seven and looking good as opposed to shooting ninety seven and looking terrible. Listen, you shoot ninety seven, you're feeling terrible no matter what clothes are on your damn body. You and I both know that. <laughs> it, it, anyway, bucket hat was something I, I definitely thought about. Um, investigate it. Maybe I'll, I think that might be a purchase over there. You know, I, I'm also thinking this. I, I'm wondering if I'll be able to buy gear over there. Why? Why couldn't you buy anything? I'm going with so many things. Like I don't want to. I don't want to buy so much gear that I got to bring another suitcase home. Like bring an extra suitcase of like, oh, I'm going to buy three polos at this place, two polos at that place, a hat here, this there. You know, I, I don't want to bring an extra empty suitcase. And then come back with. So you got a golf bag. You got a golf bag. Can I tell you, I have traveled. So um, my buddy's in the military, and he was stationed at Fort Hood in Texas, 
And a couple years ago, I went down there. We played golf, so I brought my golf bag. We weren't going to play a lot of golf, so I packed my golf bag with shorts, polo, socks, underwear. Like I packed it with two golf outfits because we were going to play golf twice. When I got to the airport, they told me, this is leaving Texas now, coming back to New Jersey. They told me that my bag is too heavy. They don't accept having polo, like a... clothes in the golf bag it's only golf clubs balls like golf essentials so i had to unpack it and put it in my backpack so now my backpack that's still going on the flight mind you is now underneath the seat in front of me when like it's not like my golf bag weighs a ton like it was still it weighed like it was like 39 pounds with the clothes in it and it was like 36 pounds without the clothes in it. So it's well under the 50 pound limit that they have. But yeah, they made me unpack it. Wow. So that's a that's a little a little worry of mine there. I'm still going to pack, you know, there's still going to be stuff in my golf bag, but yeah, that was that was something that I was like this is again, something on the back of my mind there. Wow, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh but yeah, umbrella was something good. I I'm wondering if there's anything that like that we haven't talked about that any of our listeners might be able to suggest. Again, the two shoes is good. The umbrella is good. Um, weather gloves is, a, is another really good one. You know, I'm, I'm open to suggestions. And, and uh, Mike, I know you and I have talked about this already, but if you come up with any more, I got a list going. Certainly let me know. I can add it to the list or, you know, maybe it's something I, I have already thought of. But anyone else out there that, that's listening, you know, hit us up. The drop underscore pod on Instagram, DM us. Uh, I'm, I'm open to suggestions as I'm coming down to my, you know, to a week and a half left before I leave. I'm looking for... What's know, departure date? I leave the 21st and I come back the 30th. I bookended the trip with days in Dublin. Uh I didn't think it was it was the the most responsible of me to go to the Guinness factory and the Jameson Distillery in the same day, so I bookended the trip with uh, with days in Dublin. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. So I got a little little bit of vacation for it as well. But yeah, we got uh, like seven courses and and then like I said, I got a, a day here, a day in Dublin before, and a day in Dublin after. There you go. The countdown's on. Less than two weeks. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, this has been in the works for a while, but as we start to kind of come to come to a head here, I'm, I need a call to action. Let me know what else I need to bring. Uh, or if you have any cool games, there's one I kind of like, Golden Ball, where each group has a, a ball. Whoever lasts the longest with it, you know, kind of wins. But there's, there's some others. But, yeah, again, DM I'll us. be keeping an eye on that handicap. <laughs> I know you're going to. <laughs> yep, I'll be I'll be seeing like you know certain times of the day. Know what time of the day is it over there? How come scores aren't being posted? It's a, it's a six hour yeah. time difference. So I did. Oh, don't worry about it. It's already duly noted. I did. I did duly look. Noted. I'm interested to see how. Um, you better come back single digits. That's all I can there's, say. There's, you can't play that much golf, and the the thing cannot be trending on an upward thing. All right. So I, it needs to be like. 8.0 index. No, I'm thinking it's going to go the other way because I think I think by oh, the Jesus end of it. Oh, Jesus Christmas. Here we gonna, go. You think oh, about my God. seven golf courses in eight days, you're gonna, I'm going to be so exhausted. I'm not going to be able, my body's not going to be able to turn. 
That's my well, worry. Listen, you got two weeks. You got two weeks of a grind session to get your ass in shape <laughs> to let's go because if it doesn't come back 8.0 and it comes back 18.0, we're going to have some serious issues, you and I. It ain't coming back 18, but it also ain't coming back 8. I will say, it'll, 8 is more likely than 18. That I will say. Uh, but I've been hitting Dr. Mike. I mean, we've been we've been stretching. We've been working, um, making sure that I'm that I'm right for this trip because I'm uh, legitimately I am so excited a to, to see to see my friend who I haven't seen in a long time. Um, so I'm I'm really excited to see him. Uh, I think I've seen him maybe twice in the last four or five years. So I'm really excited for that. But then also, like, I keep Googling, like, okay, we're staying at this hotel. What's near it? Like, every night, I'm just, like, rather than, like, watching The Office or, or just mindless TV, I'm on my phone just like, okay, uh, there's a coffee shop near this hotel or, oh, this might be a cool bar to go to. Let's read the reviews or just doing, like, flyovers of the courses. So, yeah, I, I can't I can't tell you how excited I am for it. I, I really I, – I'm, I'm bursting at the seams with excitement. So – um, well, I can't wait to see the pictures. I can't wait to see, you know, how you played and hear the stories because no doubt these are trips that like you think about. And, and I will say this, it's like you wait forever to go and that you just have to make sure that you take a lot of deep breaths when you're there and just enjoy it, be present. Um, because just like everything in life, you blink and it's over. So it's, it's definitely one of those things that like when you're there, like fully dive into everything and just enjoy it because the reality is when you come home, you're back to the grind of school and work and the real world. So enjoy fantasy for a little bit. (laughs) Honestly, that's, that's great advice. And and I'm kind of thinking of thinking about it like a, like a wedding almost like they tell your wedding goes by so quick that you're just. You know, you, you don't ever, you know, stop and look, kind of look around. I, I have to do that because I don't want to be like a bunch of the courses are on the water and you're standing on the cliffs. There's there's one there's one tee shot in particular of the course I've seen where like you, if you play it from the back tees, if you take too many steps backwards, you, you have a 200 foot cliff behind you just into into the the Irish sea. So, or the Atlantic ocean. I don't know what body of water that is there, but like, I just, yeah, I just want to be able to like, stop, take a look around, take a breath and be like, wow, this is, this is incredible. Yeah. And and I'll tell you when you'll need to do it. Okay. So when you're on your, you know, your seventh hole of your first course or whatever it is, and the views are just spectacular and you just get on the tee box and you're like, this is beautiful. And then you cold hard shank one dead right. And now you're ready to break all your clubs because you know, you got to play six more rounds of golf. (laughs) (laughs) That's when, that's when the big sigh and the big exhale needs to happen. Because if you're going to shank a golf ball and hit a really bad shot, do it on vacation when you're enjoying it. Yeah, might as well, might as well do it while looking at the ocean and wispy Irish grass. And so that's actually so uh, again, kind of the reasoning that that um, we're going to the northwest side. The you can become members at different courses, and you know you become like a lifetime member. They do a lot of like international things. I didn't realize this. This was pretty cool. One of the courses we're playing has so many international members that they have an international club champion. So they have like a weekend where you come out, you play and have like they they like they have their international club tournament, which is pretty cool. 
But um, wow, they, the the people that have been over there before and they like this area of Ireland because it's it's uh, untouched. It's very natural looking. Um, not that like Old Head or Ballybunion or or those those top courses. Not that they don't look like that, but this area of Ireland is very is very natural. You know, it hasn't it hasn't really been like uh, I don't like you know things haven't been bulldozed to the ground and like they've kind of made they've kind of just built the golf course into the natural lays of the land. So, um, I, I'm yeah I'm super excited for it. I can't wait for it. So again, last time DM me if. Uh, if you have any questions, the drop underscore pod, uh, let us know some thoughts, ideas, whatever. Because, like I said, I'm I'm super excited for it. All right, that's going to end podcast for us here. We're going to send you to our interview with Brent Palladino. Again, as I said at the top, Brent won the 2023 New Jersey State Open with an amazing round of 65 to in his final round to capture it by one here's our interview with brent enjoy okay so today's guest is you know i know ryan and i talk about getting on you know all the the winners of the njsga events and today's guest um is the 103rd new jersey state open champion brent paladino Brent, thank you so much for coming on today's show. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for uh, having me on. Yeah, listen, I you want to talk about playing good golf in the year of 2023. I mean, just seeing some of the things that you've been doing back since May, you know, winning two two majors in the in the section and then coming into, you know, the the state open. You know, I think before we dive a lot into your play and how things are going in the state open specifically, you know, why don't you give the audience a little bit of a background about you, about, you know, what you do, your job, and maybe even a little bit about your playing career growing up. Yeah, absolutely. So I work, um, been with the USGA now about four years. Um, so I oversee, um, the in-house administration of all our championships. So that's, um, really a large part is qualifying. So um, I help oversee um, over 700 qualifiers that we do every year, um, along with that kind of administer the entries, exemptions process, um, all of our equipment and our championships. And so um, I'll typically be on site at a couple of championships, but it's, it's largely um, based in New Jersey. Um, so I've been with there with the USGA about four years uh, and um, we've got a, a one and a half year old at home now. So that's, uh, that adds uh, another layer. Um, Congrats. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, congratulations. Um, Oh, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, so, you know, as you know, you look at, uh, you know, guys that are, or gals that play on the PGA tour, LPGA tour, I mean, that's obviously their job and they're able to practice and play, you know, every single day. Whereas, you know, when you're talking about high level amateur golf and, and even, uh, you know, PGA section golf, um, you know, pretty much everyone has a job. And so it's, it's really about time management. And so, uh, um, you know, I've been really fortunate that uh, my wife has been super supportive and, uh, you know, allows me to, to, to take the time to be able to, to practice. But, um, you know, I think if you talk to anyone that's a, a you know, high level amateur or mid amateur, um, you really have to be selective. And so for me, it's, um, you know, I'm not playing, you know, Saturday, Sunday morning with the guys or, um, you know, going on uh, weekend golf trips or anything like that. It's, it's really just about the competition. Um, for me, that's, that's what drives me. It drives me to practice and, um, get my game in shape. And so, 
Um, you know, this past winter, I spent a lot of time, um, you know, just not just working on my game, but, um, you know, really started a pretty, um, pretty high level fitness regimen, um, which, which really helped a lot. And so, um, you know, I was able to take, you know, four or five, six months this winter to really, um, you just work on my game, work on my fitness. Um, and I think that's, that's really helped a lot coming into this year, but, um, you know, I would say I, I don't, I don't play a ton of casual golf. It's really more um, practicing when I have an hour here, hour there to, to get out and practice. And, you know, fortunate that, um, you know, my my job and, and the USGA are super supportive of me playing. And so, you know, able to kind of build my my travel schedule around that and my work schedule around that, um, you know, just to be able to, to put the time in. Um, but it's it's really just about, you know, like I said, being able to have the opportunity to practice and um, you know, just be selective about, um, you know, when you have time available, when you, how you kind of use it. Where, where do you get a lot of your practice time? And obviously, you know, like I know a lot of the directors, directors of instruction or assistant pros, head pros, you know, obviously have connections to where they're specifically at. Obviously being with the USGA, does that give you privileges at certain spots? Does it not? Or is it, is it all something that you have to do on a personal side? Yeah, so we're um, we're members at Fiddler's Elbow um, Country Club. So we, uh, we joined there um, right at, right about uh, 2020. Um, they have a great practice facility, um, really good short game area. Um, but we really, you know, to be honest, really joined for the for all the family stuff. Um, they have a really good kind of like you know pool and family and um, kids thing. So so it's a good place for for me to be able to go and um, you know kind of be able to just uh, do my own thing. Uh, we do have a couple of the USA does have a couple of kind of different, uh, you know, arrangements with, with some clubs, but it's, uh, it's not something where I could go and kind of use the range for two hours or something like that. So, um, so we're, we're members of Fiddlers. It's a, it's a great spot. Um, they're super supportive as well. And um, it's been a great, great spot. You, you personally, like you and your family are members at Fiddler's yes. Elbow? Or, yep. Oh, okay. Yep. So, gotcha. So we're members there. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, so it was, it was great. It's um, you know, I would say, um, you know, I haven't lived in New Jersey for for a long time, but um, I would say Fiddlers doesn't necessarily have the reputation of of being kind of a, a players club. But um, to have, you know, two of the three of us kind of be in that top three at the New Jersey Open, it was it was really cool. So I, I was super happy for Danny. Um, I mean, he works a lot of hours. Um, I mean, they, every time I'm there, I see him on the lesson tee or, you know, running around the golf shop and, and whatnot. So for him to to come out and play as well as he did with probably a lot less practice than I was able to do um, is super impressive. So I was, um, you know, not, not as happy as for me winning, but, but really happy for him to, to see him play well and, and be right there. Yeah. Danny, Danny's a good dude. And I, I've been fortunate to connect with Danny a few times through Instagram and talk to him about some things and obviously seeing his name up on the leaderboard with yours is, you know, kind of gives, you know, a little validation to the, to Fiddler's elbow in terms of like the golf that's there to, and I'm sure for someone like you to get, you know, if you were looking for a competitive side, having, having Danny there too, to compete against is always a, is a plus. But um, as we look a little bit into your season so far, um, You've played some really, really good golf. I mean, you really have. And, and, you know, Ryan and I joke around a lot about this is like, I'm, I'm the golf nerd. Like I, I always am looking at you guys and, and kind of envious in terms of like the ability you guys have. And, you know, it's kind of like our version of the PGA tour. Like it's, it's your guys, it's your names. And, you know, I think when you look back to, you know, where your season started, you know, at the match play and, and, you know, going through that winning there, you know, winning that more or less, that's a major in our section here. So winning that and then, you know, kind of parlaying that into the clam beak, you know, you had to have felt good 
coming into the state open. And I know it's, you know, maybe a month or two in between the two of them, but you had to have felt good coming into, you know, this tournament where your game was at. Um, speak a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the, the the first event I played this year um, was the PGA Professional Championship, which was in uh, New Mexico, and um, felt really good about where my game was, and and um, you know went there and played okay. Ended up I think missing the cut by one, and um, you know it was a little bit disappointing, but I, I felt like I played well and I felt my game was was in a good spot. Um, so the the match play was really the next week, and didn't really have a whole lot of time to kind of think about it, and and um, you know I just felt like I. I could play the way I had been playing the last few weeks and, and down in New Mexico, I, I really hit the ball really well and just, just didn't quite get a lot out of it. But uh, I felt like if I could do that, then um, I'd have a good chance in the match play. And, and when it's match play, I mean, you kind of never know, you got to get a few breaks your way. I mean, I had one match that went 24 holes. And so, you know, I could have lost that match and that would have been the end of it. So it's, you know, anytime you, you, you play six rounds of, of match play, it's going to be, you got to have a few things go your way for it to, to work. And, um, you know, the funny thing about golf and, and anyone that's that's played golf and competitive golf, there's there's always highs and lows. Right. I mean, we've all had great moments and we've all had moments where, um, you know, you're you're on the brink of quitting. Right. And so, uh, <laughs> so I back to, you know, my, my first year in, in New Jersey um, was 2020 and, and played the New Jersey Open at Knickerbocker and um, missed the cut by a million and um was really at a, just kind of a low point in, in my golfing career i i'd spent a few years before that i was um, working in kentucky for the kentucky pga kentucky golf association as the executive director and didn't play any golf and so when i took the job at the usga it's kind of like my first foray back into competitive golf and it, to be honest i just didn't play well at all in 2020 and just um just i wouldn't say i was on the brink of quitting but it was just it was just really frustrating i i knew i was better than that and so i, I looked you know, kind of reflect back on that. And it's been, you know, almost three years or three and a half years from there. And um, to be at the place I am now, I'm super, super grateful. It's, it's obviously um, a lot of work went into it, but um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, again, it's when you have the highs, you try to enjoy them. And so, you know, winning the match play just kind of gives you that more confidence where you feel like you can do it, you can win, you can compete under pressure, you can perform under pressure. And, um, you know, that was really the first win that I had in, in quite a while, um, you know, going back to probably 2017, 2016. So to kind of get that first win at the match play, even though it is match play and it's a little bit different, it just, um, just gave me a lot of confidence. And so, um, you know, the last two wins I've had at, at the clam bake in the, um, uh, obviously New Jersey open, um, you know, they were, they were ones where I was six, seven, eight behind the lead coming into the last day. And so, um, you know, I would say in both occasions when I woke up in the morning, I didn't think that I was going to be holding the trophy at the end of the day. And, and obviously had to, again, have a lot of things kind of go my way for that to happen. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, I try to just put my head down and, and play some good golf hit some good shots. And, um, you know, I've worked a lot, I would say also just on the, the mental side of the game and just kind of being, um, more positive and more forgiving and, um, you know, just accepting the outcome. And so, um, you know, kind of coming like to the last day of the New Jersey Open, I had 27 holes to play. And uh, to be honest, I was more focused on just playing well that, that last night to make the cut. Uh, I wasn't thinking, okay, like I got to go shoot 67 and then 65 and I'll have the trophy. Uh, that didn't cross my mind at all. And even starting the last round, I didn't really have that in my mind either. It was just more about, you know, just playing some good golf, hitting some good shots and just enjoying the opportunity to be able to compete and play well. So, um, you know, again, fortunate that a few things kind of went my way. It, it also it seems like you were fortunate to have that 
You said you had nine holes to you had to finish your second round. You had nine holes, so like that's the right day to get hot. You know, you got not, you know finish, play the back nine. You know, I don't I don't know your scorecards. So I don't know what you finished, but I imagine that it was it was a pretty good nine. And then to go shoot sixty five is 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 really getting hot, especially in the final round and and maybe coming from behind. Did that did that make you play a little looser, uh, like mindset wise? Yeah, it was. Uh, I would say, especially for the the New Jersey Open, using that example, obviously. And um, so I came back the, the sec the last day, um, played the, the that last nine three under. So that was kind of how I shot sixty seven. I was two under going into that back nine and shot three under. And um, and then we started the 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 last round. Uh, I teed off at one twenty. Um, you know, we finished and we still had some time to wait and. Uh, my wife and I went to the mall and walked around a little bit and um, saw the tee time and kind of like came back from the mall, hit a few balls, went to the tee and um, yeah, just, just started to, to play well. But I would say it it started to kind of set in a little bit um, probably around like nine or 10, you know, as you're out there, you start to see like more and more people following your group and you see like, you know, one of the guys with the camera. And so I kind of had an idea of where things were that I, I was probably around the lead um, but I didn't look at the leaderboard all day. Um, just kind of put my head down and just tried to, you know, keep playing well and keep my foot on the gas. And, um, you know, I guess I think at one point I probably had a three shot lead. I had no idea, um, but just I had a feeling that I was around it. And then when I finished and kind of saw the leaderboard, to be honest, I thought it was still not going to be enough. I thought um, Nick being as, as good a player as he is, was going to finish at 12. Um, and I just, I just felt like I probably needed one more. Um, I didn't bury 15, which was a reachable par five. And, um, just kind of was like, I had, a, just kind of had a feeling, uh, that I was maybe going to be one short and, um, had a lot of time to wait. Um, I mean, I think when I finished, they, they were on the 10th green. So I had, you know, almost two hours to kind of wait, but I think going out early and finishing early like that, I think honestly really helped, um, because I was able to, you know, we didn't have, you know, 50 people following our group or, um, you know, you, you just, I, it was kind of like, we were just out there just playing another round of golf. Um, you know, we were one of the earlier groups and you would just, you know, I just went out there and, um, again, it kind of had a feeling of what was going on, but even still, it wasn't like we had, you know, a whole host of people following us. So, um, just kind of had a feeling that, uh, that I was around it. And, um, again, kind of when I finished, I, I had a feeling that, uh, it might be good enough for a playoff, but I wasn't expecting to, uh, to win it outright. Yeah, I mean, I, when I look at that final round in in particular, obviously, you know, it's knowing where, you know, you end it your Tuesday round and you still had nine holes to go, I think making, you know, four birdies that back nine of your second round was a huge catalyst to get you going because when you look at Wednesday's round, I mean, you're right in the middle of the front nine, you reel off four birdies in a row. And I think at that point, you've got to think, especially as a competitor, like, all right, well, if I can get a few more, and I can post a good number, you know, who knows what happens down the stretch. And, you know, I think, you know, Hackensack had a phenomenal golf course, you know, set up. It was, in, the greens were rolling from everybody that I spoke to. Um, it, it was like, it was a good challenge and a good test, but it also rewarded good golf shots. And I think that's kind of like, you know, the thought behind it is like, let's set up a golf course that's fun, that's challenging, but if you hit good shots, you'll be rewarded. And I think when, you know, that, kind of echo to where you finished your day um at 65 because i mean making eight birdies in any round is is pretty damn impressive (laughs) 
Yeah, it was, um, you know, I think a, a place like that, I think the more you play it, the kind of, you get to kind of figure it out a little bit. And I, I kind of felt the same way about Morris County, which was where I won the match play. It's very, very similar. Um, you know, the more times you play, you can kind of figure it out. Um, but I think, you know, the key to Hackensack is really to just avoid the fairway bunkers. Um, you know, there's a fairway bunker at 270 or 280 yards, like almost every hole. And so, you know, the first round I shot 73 and I was in three or four of them and, you know, then you're just kind of fighting for par. And so I think once I played it, I, I had a practice round. And then obviously the first round, and I think after that, I started to kind of figure out like, okay, here's, you know, I need to hit these clubs off the tee or be in this spot to, to come in from the right angle. And um, so I was in the fairway a lot more the last, you know, last two rounds. And then from that point, um, just hit a lot of really good, you know, wedges, nine irons, eight irons, even, um, you know, in there to, to, to pretty close distances. And that was, that was really the key is, you know, I mean, golf should be really that easy right you just hit the fairway and hit the green and make the part right it should be that easy but um but really that was that was kind of like i said that was kind of the, the key is i was just you know I, I didn't go back through my my stats for the last round but I, I was in the fairway almost every hole and just you know from that point it was I, I felt really good about the lower irons and so um you know i just gave myself a lot of looks and um fortunate if you went down yeah yeah i mean that's I, I think that just is an unbelievable final round in terms of, you know, putting up a number and, and, and definitely the pressure between what you were experiencing in your final round and Nick is, is really night and day because you knew that you were chasing and you needed to go be aggressive and you needed to make a few birdies. And sometimes, you know, that mindset is completely different when you're in a position where Nick was and you're kind of protecting and you know, all the people are out there, they know you're watching, you know, so did you get the chance to watch Nick play the 18th hole, knowing like where he was and where you had already finished at? No, so I was um, I, when I finished. I think I, I took a shower. I, um, you know, just kind of hung around a little bit, and then I was I was just honestly down on the range by myself. I was just kind of hitting some like wedge shots and like chipping around a little bit, just trying to kill some time. And um, you know, I think the last I looked at my phone, I think he was through 15, and then uh, you know, I was just kind of sitting on the bench like you know, looking at uh, like baseball scores or something. And um, Kevin Purcell from the New Jersey State Golf Association, I, he, I looked up and he was like right next to me and he said that Nick bogeyed 18 and I won. I was like, I was in shock. And I think that, I think I said that probably uh, a few times that evening is like, I was still kind of in shock because it just, again, I, I think even as I was in the middle of that round, I just didn't really think that that was going to be the outcome um you know obviously you you feel good about your your playing and you want to play well but just didn't really think that um that at the end of the day I was gonna be holding the trophy like it just it just didn't really kind of sink in and um it probably still hasn't sunk in to be honest um you know all the so many people like reaching out and congratulations which is has been amazing um but I would say it still hasn't really even sunk in I think it probably will be a long time before it does um you know and, and uh it's just I was just honestly just happy to be playing well and to be you know in contention and so you know my you know going back to kind of what you mentioned about pressure I mean it was really there really wasn't any pressure for me I was I think when I started the, the the final round I think it was in 10th or 12th place and so it was kind of like you know my goal was like yeah if I could shoot a good round get top five like I felt like that would be a pretty good week um and so there wasn't really any pressure I mean if I you know reeled off those five birdies in a row and then made a couple of bogeys on the back nine, it would have been, yeah, it would have been a little bit disappointing certainly, but it still would have been a great week and it would have been an amazing experience. And, um, 
So, and it, it, it again, it, it doesn't always happen that way. So, I mean, it's anyone who's played golf knows that uh, for every one time where you make eight birdies in a round, there's going to be, you know, five others where you have it going and maybe don't quite finish it. So, um, I just tried to, you know, while I was out there, like I said, you kind of knew what was going on. And, um, you know, I was out there by myself. I didn't have a caddy. Um, so I was just kind of out there by myself, just, just kind of in my own little world and just trying to enjoy it and just enjoy the fact that like I was playing well and yeah. making birdies. <laughs> so, <laughs> Why did you decide not to have a caddy for that? Yeah. That, it, that always interests me. That kind of, yeah, I would say it's, um, you know, whenever I go play fiddlers, I always carry myself and, um, you know, when I was growing up and playing, you know, amateur golf and, and even a little bit of professional golf, you know, all of my friends, you know, were in college or just out of college and no one had jobs. And now everyone's got jobs and everyone's working. And so to, to ask someone to take three days off, um, you know, someone that I know a friend is a lot, it's a big commitment. And so, especially living in New Jersey, all of my kind of most of my friends are in Connecticut. And so, um, you know, I've never been a huge fan of kind of just getting a, a random person, um, you know, just to be a caddy. Sometimes you get someone that's great. Sometimes you don't, and that could make or break your week. And so, uh, you know, for me, it was kind of like, well, I, I do it all the time anyway. What's the difference? And I'd rather just kind of maybe just do it myself. And so my my wife was out there for a few of the days kind of like walking with me as as though she was a caddy, but she was, you know, she wasn't carrying the bag or anything. And so, um, you know, I don't know that I would do that every time, but it, it I think in some ways it kind of helps you just, just stay in your own little world. Um, you know, you don't really have to talk to anyone or or kind of make sure that they're doing the right thing or you know, again, if you kind of get a, a club caddy, there's a lot of good ones, but there's always, you know, one or two that maybe talk too much or don't say enough or you don't get along or you don't gel. So, um, you know, I think for me with knowing that, um, you know, the first time that you would meet that person would be the first round. Um, it was just the, the best option for me, you know, and I've done that the last few years just just to carry my own bag. I don't mind it and um, kind of enjoy it, actually. So, yeah. That, yeah, it's a good point about like being in your own, you know, you're in your own world, you're, you're, you're team, you know, you keep your circle small with only having one person in it or having your wife walk alongside with you. So yeah, that's, that's interesting. Mike and I have talked about that here about like, if you have a caddy that doesn't know your game, they might tell you, like they might read a putt for you and give you a line that's a little more aggressive and you want it like your mental side is like, I want to have this, this kind of die into the hole, whereas they want you to hammer it to the back. So things like that are, are like little intricacies that, that you're right. Just picking up someone you don't know is, is going to take a while to get used to somebody, you know? Yeah, no, no question. And it, you know, it's one thing when you kind of go play a really nice place and you get the caddy for the day and you, you know, it, it is what it is. You kind of enjoy it, but um, to get someone that you don't know, you know, first round, you know, I, I think of like, you know, someone on the PGA tour wouldn't do that. Right. They would, you know, it takes weeks for them to find like someone that they, they get along with and they, you know, understands their game. And so, you know, the times where I've gotten like a, you know, call it a club caddy or someone that I didn't know. I mean, it's really more or less just kind of a bag toter at that point. You know, I, I know my own game better than, than this person probably does. And so, um, so at that point it's kind of like, well, I'll just, I'll just carry my own bag. That's, that's fine. So uh, yeah, it's all, all good. I, I do have a question, and obviously I see a lot of the local pros, or if probably all of them, all wearing pants. And then when I see you out there, you're in shorts. Is 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 there something that is different, or they just don't wear shorts and they're allowed to? Like, I guess 
And I, I don't, I don't know. I, it just, is there something to that? So, yeah, so we're, we're allowed to wear shorts in any non-section major. Um, so gotcha. any like the, like gotcha. the section major events, um, we have to wear pants, but you know, the New Jersey open, the Met open, there isn't a stipulation. And, um, I, I wouldn't say it's, it's more of like a, a mindset, but it's kind of like it, you know, I mean, I, I'm a professional, but I'm not a PJ tour professional. And so it's kind of like, you're kind of brings me more back to like my amateur days of, of playing, you know, playing in shorts and, um, you know, it's, it's just a little bit, you know, just a little bit different mindset. So yeah. And, and I mean, again, I, whenever I go play a practice, I'm in shorts. And so, yeah, it just, uh, no, listen, I, yeah. I love it. I, I, it just threw me for a loop because yeah. I, I guess you're so accustomed to seeing even the local pros always sure. in, sh in pants. And then I saw you and I knew that you were, you had been carrying your own and everything. And then I saw shorts. I said, I said, I didn't know, obviously I knew it was scorching out there and the weather was beyond intense. I was yeah. like, okay, maybe that's the reason, but I said, I'm just going to ask him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, get, get a little tan on my legs too. That can't, that never hurts either. So um, yeah, it was, a, it was a hot couple of days for sure. Um, but, uh, but fortunately Hackensack isn't too bad to walk and, um, you know, even that 27, the last day, I mean, you kind of, you know, stay hydrated and, um, you know, kind of, like I said, you used to it just cause that's, that's what I do whenever I play and I hardly ever take a cart. So I'm, I'm kind of used to toting my own bag and walking and, um, you know, like I said, kind of going back to the fitness this winter, I did a lot of, you know, leg exercises to kind of strengthen my legs and be sure that I was, had the endurance to do something like that. Yeah. I mean, listen, I think, I think what you did in the preseason and the off season, you know, I think speaks to itself because I think your results, you know, you're, you know, leading player of the, of the year in the section and, you know, you know, three wins already. And as you look ahead to the rest of the summer, I know that, you know, we've talked to a lot of guys in terms of like their schedule now come August, it's jam packed and it's not only jam packed with their play in terms of events that they're signed up for, but even at clubs in terms of tournaments and club championships. Sure. And I'm sure just like you are running different events. What is, you know, your upcoming schedule? What is your, you know, future in terms of tournament play? Yeah. Um, you know, it's, there's, there's, I would say a few events, but the, the ones that I really have circled are, um, you know, the Met open at the end of the end of August, um, certainly. And then, uh, our section championship, which is in the, the middle of September, I would say those are really the, the two big ones, um, you know, that I have circled on my calendar and, um, you know, again, there's a, a few other events, but, um, you know, to be honest, I, I, uh, try to be selective in the events that I play, just knowing that, um, you know, it, time, time is so valuable. So, um, you know, try to gear up for the, the major events and, um, you know, have some time to be able to practice, but, um, yeah. And then, um, you know, also making sure that, uh, you know, everything's squared away in my, uh, work life and in my personal life and, um, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> time is valuable. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, I would say August, um, that's really the, the next big event that, that I have coming up is, is the Met Open at Arcola. Um, at Arcola, yeah. I mean, yeah, and that's, and that's, and that's, it's crazy too when I think about it too, because obviously for Ryan and I, we always want to highlight all things golfing in the Garden State. Like that's our goal. And it's, and it's just so fitting, I think, that, um, organization like the Met, you know, the MGA, how big they are, that they always find, the cream of the crop golf courses. And it just so happens that they come back to New Jersey a lot because of the golf courses. And having the Med open at Arcola speaks volumes um, to, to what we have here. And 
to, to look ahead into your schedule. You got Arcola. You know, I believe that the section is back at Mountain Ridge as, as well. So, you know, you got two great golf courses hosting some some big time events that you have upcoming. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I mean, I would say New Jersey, I mean, is, if it's not the the golf capital in terms of quality golf courses, I don't know what is because there's so many unbelievable golf courses. I mean, I just think even just, you know, our schedule this year that we played from Morris County to Hollywood to uh, Hackensack to Arcola. I mean, it's just incredible. Um, and there's so many places that, uh, you know, I would see people outside of New Jersey have never even heard of, you know, a place like Hackensack, a Charles Banks, you know, 1899 design. I mean, it's just absolutely incredible place. If you put that in another part of the country, it would be, you know, the best course in the state. And, you know, in, in New Jersey, it's one of, you know, 20 or 30 that are just unbelievable places. And so we're just so fortunate to have, I mean, uh, you know, for them to be able to, to host events, be willing to host events. Um, it's obviously a commitment from the club and, uh, you know, the clubs in New Jersey are super supportive of hosting, you know, amateur professional golf, which um, you don't see that everywhere around the country. I, I, I can attest to that fact for sure. It's, um you know, it's a big commitment for a place like Hackensack to host, you know, three days and, and all the practice rounds and the the beating that the golf course takes. But, um, you know, they were super supportive of the event. And um, there's a lot of places that are like that that are just, you know, willing to open their doors and uh, fortunate that, uh, you know, able to compete on a place like that. Yeah, listen, I, I totally agree. And I think that's, you know, kind of one of the things that Ryan and I spoke a lot about when we started the podcast back in October is, is between the north the south the east the west it is like unbelievable in terms of the quality of the golf courses ranging from public to private because it's not just you know the exclusive pine valleys you know things like that of the world but even even the public golf that is just like so well kept it's it's hard to bypass a place like this in terms of you're looking really play some good golf yeah no question i mean yeah yeah I've been fortunate, obviously, uh, to play a number of them. I haven't played all of them, but, uh, you know, even I think of a you know public course like Neshanik Valley, that's like unbelievable. Um, again, you put that in another part of the country, it'd be, you know, one of the best in the state. And it's uh, just one of many here. But it's, uh, yeah, fortunate to have so many great places to play. Which kind of leads me into, you know, I, I always like to ask, you know, one final, one final question before Ryan dives into his. But like, obviously, like I said, like our goal is just to highlight all the golf that we have here in the garden stage, travel the state, play, talk, enjoy it as much as we can. Is there a certain golf course, both public and private that if someone was given the opportunity to go play that they say, Hey Brent, I got invited to go play here. And you'd be like, dude, you got to drop what you're doing. You know, ask, ask for, you know, I'm sorry, wife, I'll figure it out later. Like, are there two spots on a private and public side that you'd recommend? Yeah, I would say uh, certainly Hollywood is is probably in, in New Jersey is is probably my my favorite. Um, you know, not just because obviously I won there this year, but it's uh, it's one of the the absolute best. I mean, there's there's not much better than that. Um, you know, for a non ocean view golf course, it's uh, it's the tops. Um, I haven't had a chance to play many of the the public courses in the state. I've played in the Shannon Valley, which you know I would highly recommend. It's it's pretty pretty awesome place. Um, but there's, yeah, there's so many that, um, you know, been fortunate to have an opportunity to play. There's been a lot that, um, just with, uh, you know, a young one at home and work and everything else where I've had to decline some, some really good invites, um, not a Pine Valley invite, but some, some other ones to some really great places that I just, you just can't, can't be turning uh, that one can't down. Do it. Can't but, be turning uh, that one down. Can't be turning <laughs> that, that one down. That would be one where I uh, have to definitely drop <laughs> everything you go to, but, um, <laughs> 
Yeah, it's uh, like I said, I, I, I um, you know, don't play as much recreational golf as, as I certainly used to in, in my younger days where it was kind of like, you know, if you got an invite for a Saturday afternoon or Sunday afternoon, like you, you went and played and I, I don't have the opportunity to do that, uh, which is totally fine, but um, a lot of, a lot of great places. Yeah, I agree. So uh, Brett, some of your calibers playing a lot of, a lot of tournaments and you've been doing it for years now. Um, and I think that, that golfers are rather quirky by nature. Like we have our superstitions um, when we're getting ready to play. What are some of those that you have, uh, that you, you know, some of your must-haves, your superstitions or, or habits or anything like that? Yeah, that's a good question. I would say, um, you know, when I was probably younger and playing amateur golf, I maybe had a few more of those. Um, but I try to keep it, you know, try to keep it relatively simple. I mean, I have some, um, you know, some either swing thoughts or some mental thoughts that I have in a, you know, basically on a piece of paper in my yardage book that I, you know, can kind of look at before each shot. Um but yeah, I don't, I wouldn't say I have too many, um, you know, superstitions or anything like that, but it's, um, you know, I think for, for me, the way I look at it is it's more about the the preparation. Um, so, um, you know, whether that's making sure like I have, you know, one day, you know, a few days before the event where I can spend four five, six hours at the, at the club and really practice. And so, you know, leading into Hackensack, I was there, you know, Friday afternoon from, you know, call it one o'clock to almost dark, um, really just practicing everything, just going from, from A to B to C. And, um, you know, I feel like if I can get like one day like that before the event, I feel like I can get my game in a good spot. Um, because most of the time it's, you know, an hour here, hour there. Um, and so if I, you know, feel like I have one really good day where I can practice a lot, that's, I would say that's kind of my, I wouldn't say superstition, but that's kind of my key. Um, I think if I can get that, that time, um, uh, which don't always have the opportunity to, but, um, you know, it, it's, I would say it's really tempting to, to do some other things and, you know, start, you know, changing equipment or doing things like that, where, um, you know, I try to try to limit that as much as I can and just keep it, keep it simple and, um, you know, just go through the preparation and, and the process to, uh, to be able to play well. It, it's always funny to me <clears throat> how many people, you know, have so many different ones of those. It's, it's just, it's just super interesting to ask. Um, and then we're a New Jersey podcast, and we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the, the debate in New Jersey over this particular kind of breakfast meat. What do you call that particular breakfast meat? Well, <laughs> I'm allergic to eggs, and I don't eat ham, so, <laughs> oh. <laughs> so well, that, either. There we go. See, we learn something Look new every time, okay. you know? Yeah, but <laughs> I think my wife does a, a bacon, egg, and cheese okay. sometimes. But uh, yeah, I, I uh, don't really eat ham, and uh, yeah, I don't have eggs ever. So um, that, that's so a, yeah, not not a big. That's a first person. for us. He's he's <laughs> going he's going C none he's going C yeah, none, none of the above. above. Yeah. But listen, Brent, I can't thank you enough for for coming on the show. I mean, obviously, your golf and, and the results you've had kind of speak for themselves. So, you know, I, I appreciate you giving us a few minutes here in between your hectic schedule. And and if we don't get a chance to talk to you at all, good luck the rest of the way. Good luck at the Met Open. You know, good luck at the Section Championship. And and hopefully, you know, you continue to play well, and we'll get you right back on here. Absolutely. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, appreciate it, Brent. Good luck. Thanks. Take See care. you, pal.